0: the full court press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker
1: welcome back to the uh, you know to the to the show that we're doing right now
0: following the local teams breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews there's gonna be much higher expectations sense of awareness, of what uh, we bring to the table join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321 it's the full court press all right welcome
2: everyone it's a Wednesday. I almost forgot what day of the week it was for a second there.
1: I'm forgetting what what day of the month it is and figuring what month we're in. I mean, looking outside, I think it's like December. You're
2: also forgetting what time it is.
1: Well, <laughs> I did sort of lose track of time a little.
2: Just a little bit.
1: Just it's okay. I've, I've nearly done
2: that where I looked down one time and it was like 3.57. I'd completely lost track of time because I was absorbed doing something. I was like, you know, if it just got on a few more minutes, I would have just like not realized that I had a radio show to do. <laughs> like I'm expecting well, one of these days to just get a text from you saying, Where the heck are you? Are you alive? Yeah. Did you die? And I was like, oh no, just in here working on little projects. Well,
1: I fell into the trap of going and asking some of our engineers a question, and those are not simple get an easy answer and move on. Those are those are <laughs> those always turn into discussions. Uh, I love them, and they do a really good thing for us, but um, they they can often take up a little bit more time than you anticipate when you try to ask a quick question.
2: Yeah, talk your ears off and whatnot. So. Yeah. yeah. So today uh, it's a Would You Rather Wednesday, so we're going to have a few Would You Rather situations. Uh, feel free to send in your own Would You Rathers on our text line, 435-339-0321. Uh, we actually got a text this morning from 7966. He sent in a picture. Uh, well, he sent in actually a text and a picture. Um, it, mine's partially cut off. I can't, like, part the, the, of the text The schedule is, strength? Yeah, like, part of his written text is, like, bumping off the side, so I think I may be missing one word. But basically, it's about Utah State's non-conference strength of schedule.
1: Yeah, USU non-conference strength of schedule may not be so bad after all. And it was a, a tweet um, that uh, was out there, and it shared the picture with us. And it's uh, the average non-conference opponent rank for the uh, upcoming basketball season, and it has Utah State as the second highest in of all Mountain West schools. Uh, San Diego State is the is the benchmark for the Mountain West. Uh, but uh, Utah State is uh, is number two um, and uh, has them a pretty decent clip of uh, where the uh, average non-conference opponent rank is for USU. Now, we were talking about this earlier. You know, some um, we, we played the clip from Ryan Odom from Media Day, saying that he was really pleased with the non-conference schedule, especially at home. And we got some... People texting in afterwards, and I saw it on on Twitter as well when I was live tweeting it. People like, ah, this this non conference schedule isn't exciting, and I understand that to a degree because there's not any like high profile name from a major conference, but there are, it's a collection of pretty good teams. There's not like a great team on USU's non conference schedule. I think we can all admit that, but San Francisco. is... Has been a developing program and had a really good um, uh, resume last year. Uh, we've seen a number of these other teams uh, that are on USU's schedule that may not be household names, but have strong net rankings last year. So it's a it it's it's deceivingly good. You have to look d- d- into the numbers a little bit more because the name recognition isn't there. It is a pretty interesting non-conference schedule, and a lot of these games are at home, so fans get to go watch these games. Yeah, it is a collection
2: of teams that are good, and they're mid-major teams. You mentioned you no know, household names, so you know it's a bunch of mid-majors. The San Francisco's, the Worlds, and and a bunch of teams who are near-ish to twenty wins. A couple that went above it. I think San Francisco was one of those. Um, I don't have the the breakdown that I did when we did the full schedule. or talked about the full schedule release. Um, I am surprised that it's that high because I would still say it's not that challenging. And so maybe it's deceptive to me in that you never play a super bad team. You know, it's not like a roller coaster. It's just consistently good. And maybe that's where they're getting a bump above some of these other Mountain West teams.
1: And that's fair. You know, these are, these aren't, they really aren't bad teams. Or like really soft opponents for Utah State, but uh, Santa Clara, you know, San Diego has been pretty solid in the West Coast Conference. San Francisco, Loyola Marymount, uh, they've had their days. Weber State has usually been pretty solid. Um, So some of these teams are, yeah, they're not really household names, but they're not bad teams. They're not high profile teams but they're they're solid teams and especially this is a this is a non-conference schedule that is really suited for a team that's trying to figure out its new leadership and its new style after some of its more experienced players have moved on and so this is i'm i'm very pleased with this with this non-conference schedule for Utah State considering where they're at and what they're trying to do to figure themselves out before conference play?
2: Yeah, I'd like there to be a few more, you know, major conference teams. Maybe the major conferences are scared of Utah State now because they keep beating them in non-conference. It's been a pretty consistent thing that this basketball team is beating, you know, throughout the years they're beating major conference teams. They did it last year, even though they were kind of mediocre. They beat Oklahoma, I believe, um, and I think they beat somebody else. I think they at least beat Oklahoma, if I, unless I'm terribly remembering something wrong well they
1: beat new mexico state who's that's not a major conference. it's not a major conference team no but but they i mean they played iowa didn't look great against iowa but um you know last year let's see i've got it right here i can go back and see what they had on there yeah,
2: i'm trying to remember if i'm just completely delusional in remembering they beat oklahoma no they, yeah, did.
1: they did yeah it beat them in uh, that was out in uh out at the myrtle beach yeah so tournament
2: So they beat Oklahoma, and I think that was their only one from this year, but they have wins over, like, LSU and and some other teams. So maybe the power – I keep wanting to call them power five. The the major conference teams are getting a little scared of Utah State because they know Utah State's very capable of beating them, even in a year where they only go – or only go – 17 and
1: 15. Yeah, beat Oklahoma, got rolled by Iowa. Those were the only power five schools that were on their schedule. But they played St. Mary's. They played Richmond. They – uh, New Mexico State definitely last year's non-conference schedule was more, I, I guess you could say, higher profile than this year's. Um, but you know they have an opportunity to face some interesting teams in Hawaii when they go to the Diamond Head uh, Classic. They they open with Seattle. Okay, whatever. You know, not really a household name. If they uh, they have an opportunity to play the winner of uh, SMU and Iona. Um, But George Washington, Washington State, they're also in the tournament. So there are opportunities there for Utah State to play some higher-profile teams.
2: Yeah, and maybe they're the kind of teams that down the line you look at your quad two wins and you think, oh, which are the teams we played? And you have to go back and look them up and realize, oh, yeah, that's the team because they're quietly having a decent year in the NET, but you don't remember them because it's not in Oklahoma or in Iowa or something like that.
1: Okay, so five two four two sends in an interesting "Would you rather" question on a "Would you rather" Wednesday. It's related to this: Would you rather the Aggies make a bowl game or make March Madness, uh, the March Madness tournament in basketball?
2: I'd probably rather them go to March Madness because bowl games happen, <laughs> March Madness happens a lot less. I mean, Utah State's. I mean, how many bowls have they made the last ten years? They've only missed it like twice maybe three times now. And they've not made the Bay tournament nearly as often. They're kind of in a, we're in a run of it with Craig Smith, but a lot rare.
1: It's true. Uh, it's a great point. You know The opportunities to make the tournament have been, haven't become as regular as, uh, as a bowl game. I think that your opportunity for revenue... Uh, to a uh, to a uh, uh, a team to an athletic department that can really vary like bowl games they you see these bowl payouts and everybody thinks that's what it is it's really kind of a a mystery number it's sometimes a made up number because it depends on how many tickets you sell what it costs to travel there because sometimes going to a bowl game is a as a neg- a net negative to an athletic department and so it, it it has benefits. You should still try to go, because you get extra practices and you get opportunities. But and it's good for recruiting and all that. But the NCAA tournament, that's that's like guaranteed money that you're going to get. Yeah. And it's a lot cheaper to travel your team to go to an NCAA tournament thing, uh, game than it is to travel a football program.
2: Yeah. Well, here's I'm going to take this this. Uh idea of the would you rather i'm going to escalate it take it take and turn the dial all the way up to like 15 basically two impossible situations but um would you rather utah state go to a final 4 or a new year's six bowl
1: ooh good question i remember having this debate several years ago this was before the college football playoff and we were debating, would you rather have Utah State – I don't remember if it was go to the, the the Final Four. I think it was Sweet 16. But would you rather have Utah State go to the Sweet 16 or to a BCS Bowl? Yes. And this was – Gary Anderson was – had he stayed thing, in his first iteration, it looked like Utah State could have been in a position to be a BCS player. And so it was a legitimate discussion. And Stu Morrill was still around. So it was a legitimate discussion to have. Um, and I've, at the time, I remember making the argument that it would have been better for a BCS appearance just because limited number of teams that are there. And it is a significantly more significant payout to the school to do that. But in this situation, uh, it's, I don't know, because you get that's a lot of units in the NCAA tournament to make it all the way to the final four. And that speaks. A lot about your your coach and your program.
2: Like how you're just breaking it down all along the money line. We're not even talking about <laughs> school pride or how it's good all, the team is, how fun the season is. The it's all about the money, Eric
1: Franson. It's all about the money. Uh, I, well, Final Four or New Year Six? You know, I, I think probably Final Four. In that case, uh, you would get more exposure on a Final Four trip than you would in a New Year Six bowl.
2: Yes, that's true, because I'm trying to balance with an I should have said Final Four or just College Football Playoff. Because I feel like if it's the College Football Playoff, that probably tips the scales a little too much in terms of, you know, you, you take the football. You take yeah. you know, The College Football playoffs. So like, is Final Four and College Football Playoff roughly equal? Maybe if I say make it to the championship game? I don't know. It, it's hard to find that balance to where I can cut the line 50-50
1: yeah um because because I'd kind of lean with you in terms of
2: I'd probably take the final four over the new year six like I said if I hit up the ante a little bit on the football side I'd probably have to go with them
1: well for the final four in basketball versus New year six means for a new year six bowl you're you're getting you're getting some coverage in the lead up to it you probably are making more money though and you're you're gonna be on a premier day. For football, you're—I mean—that's a—that's a significant payout. But if you're doing a Final Four run in basketball, that means that you're on premier television eyeballs over multiple weeks, multiple weeks. And so, I think the, a Final Four run would mean more to a program than a New Year's Six Bowl.
2: Yeah, and i, I think I'd agree. Cause you get the whole weeks-long storyline. I mean, they'd be the talk of the town in Utah. For once, <laughs> um, you get the feature articles. There's some super fan who gets featured. You know, would have been like maybe a Wild Bill, but you know, you find you know they have features on the herd and how amazing the student section is and all these crazy things. And yeah, it would be it would be a weeks long thing. And I think in both cases, it'd be something to remember way down the line. But certainly in the moment, it would feel almost more special to have that final fun. Final four run because there is a magic to March Madness that
1: oh absolutely that
2: isn't really captured. It is really the greatest sports festival, really outside the World Cup, because the World Cup is just the NCAA tournament but better, <laughs> <laughs> or at least more popular. Depending, if, better might be your opinion, but it's certainly more popular.
1: Uh, five two four two with a follow up. Sixty eight teams make the tourney. One hundred and twenty ish make bowl games. <laughs> it's a little hyperbole there. Yeah, but, I hope
2: so because there's
1: only one hundred and thirty teams. One thirty one teams, but it's a similar ish number, right? Um, it's not that that much far apart. Uh, you, there's sixty some odd uh football teams that go to a bowl game.
2: Yeah, because you get thirty something bowls. Right. So between 60 and 70 football teams are making a bowl game.
1: 68 make the tournament. So it's, the numbers are pretty similar how many participants yeah. go. But it is
2: a lot different, though, because there are like 340-something Division One basketball teams. Yes. And 131. 130, I, it goes up by like one every year, so I can't keep track. But, you know, 131 uh, FBS teams. So it's roughly half the teams in FBS Make it to a bowl in like I don't know what's three hundred and forty divided by sixty eight
3: quarter
1: less than a quarter.
2: Let's do some math. Calculators, everybody. <laughs> Calculators out. That's why we're in
1: broadcasting and not in statistics. But yeah, I mean, you're the odds of advancing and, and going to a bowl game, and, and there's a there's definitely a difference. Like going to a bowl, being bowl eligible, is not the same as going to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, like going to the. Barstool Sports Bowl Arizona Bowl is not on par with the first round of the college football playoff, but they're both bowl games, but they're vastly different. Yeah, so
2: it did the math: sixty-eight divided by three hundred and forty—that's twenty percent. Oh well, I wasn't so, too far off. Yeah, so you're, you're pretty good. Like, if there if there's a few more teams, then it gets a little closer, or actually maybe go down, maybe goes down. <laughs> but however, math works. But basically. Yeah, I, I, I lost my train of thought completely. So, because I was gonna say something based off what you. Well,
1: said. and I don't like I don't. Uh, there's talk recently about expanding the tournament. Don't I don't think you need to expand the tournament. You, you, then it's just gonna become what this bowl season's like. Yeah, well, you're I, gonna have matchups that doesn't really. Gain a lot of attention people don't really care that much about. It. In the early part of the bowl season, the early part of the NCAA tournament will be blah until the better teams start to come or some team starts to make a run. So keep it as it is. Like It's it's awesome. Yeah. Why do we need to mess with it?
2: Yeah, so my point, the part I lost my train of thought was with the bowl game, getting to a bowl game is just a benchmark. That's what you're supposed to do. Unless you're a really bad team and it's like, oh, we got to make a bowl this year. No, that, that's not good. For the NCAA tournament, for most teams, you know, for some programs, getting to the tournament is the benchmark. The Dukes and the Kentuckys and the whatnot. Sure. There aren't too many of those teams, though. For everyone else, getting to the tournament is an achievement.
1: Right. Just getting there, that's, your, that's, that's the jewel in the crown for you.
2: Yeah, like you measure how good mid-major uh, coaches are by how many tournaments they've appeared in. And when you get to the major, it starts like how many tournament games have you won. Right. But you look at Stu Moore, you talk about how many wins he has and how many times he went to the tournament. And that's how you measure his success. With the bowl, it's like, well, you're supposed to go to bowl games. Like, you know, Kyle Whittingham, he just keeps going to bowl games. That's what he does. Like, it's not an achievement for a lot of these programs to get to a bowl game.
1: No, it's it's not just going to a bowl game. It's... Do you go to a New Year's 6 bowl game?
2: Yeah, and are you winning your bowl games? Right. Especially because that was one of the things with winning him, is He kept winning. He had a winning streak in his bowl games for a while. But on the subject of expansion, I prepared a whole rant on this. So I was going to talk about it later. But Basically, the idea of expanding the NCAA tournament it, its not just about unnecessary. It's stupid. <laughs> because... Here's the thing. See, you you talk about expanding the playoffs in football. That feels necessary because there is a complete exclusion to it to where it's being hoarded by a couple of teams. And so there's some expansion. Give people an opportunity. Give them a chance. Because there's only a few teams that have a chance. So you expand it. So if it goes to 12, and with some of the auto-bid type things... You know, a team like Utah State has a chance. Is it a great chance? No. But it's a chance. And a lot of other, you know, G5 teams, they have that same chance. And that's what we're asking for with college football expansion. You look at the NCAA tournament. With very few exceptions, if you play good enough, you will be in the tournament. If you do not play good enough, there will be a chance you miss it. Utah State, they didn't play good enough, they missed it. Yeah. And and there are some exceptions over the time Utah State was in the final AP poll and missed the tournament. Yeah. That's kind of an exception to that that blanket statement I'm making, but still. It's an outlier. If you're on the bubble and you miss it, shut up, don't complain. You didn't deserve to be in it. You did not deserve to be in the tournament if you're on the bubble. You know, if you're in that 60 to 80 range, don't talk about how you deserve to be in the tournament. You didn't. You're lucky if you got in. You're unlucky if you missed it.
1: Well, if you expand the tournament then there's going to be a you just move the goalposts of where the next bubble is Yeah, there will always
2: be a bubble yeah and that, now people use that uh as a you know argument against um college football expansion but again I've explained like why the college football expansion is necessary compared to why NCAA tournament is completely unnecessary you know and if and Ryan Odom, he he mentioned this I was going to try and pull up the clip, but basically he said, gave kind of a lukewarm answer, room temperature answer on, uh, he's in favor of more people getting opportunities and talking about how special of an experience it is. But the thing is, who's getting those more opportunities? It's more major conference teams. You know, you're not getting an, an extra bid out of the Ohio Valley because of this. You know, and you look at who's That's pushing true. for... and And look look at the the commissioners that are pushing for expansion. ACC, SEC. There was, a, I think, the Missouri head coach, again, in the SEC, pushing for that. Because they're the ones who stand to benefit from that. Not the smaller schools where you'd say, oh, let's get two bids from some of these leagues where they are maybe kind of getting screwed a little bit by the one big mentality, the way Utah State kind of was when they were in the WAC. You know, maybe you get the 26-5 the team... That just happened to lose in the championship of their you know NCAA tournament or their conference tournament, and they miss out because it's their one bid lead. You know that's not the team that's getting in; it's the below 500 team in the Big East that's getting in. And if you look, I I looked up the NET from last year, and if you look at the just take the top 128 teams, there were like 10, 12 below 500 teams in the top 128 of the NET. So if you're doubling, like I believe the Missouri coach was the one who said you should double the field, you're letting in a dozen or more teams with a losing record. <laughs> and I get there's can be some context to that losing record,
1: but you're really going to let literal losers into the tournament. At least in college football, you can reach me at least reach mediocrity. Yeah, <laughs> but they're They're starting, to, they're starting six, to bring six, in like five six. and seven teams in. But like that's when it got too bad for bowls. Uh yeah. That that's like it, it should be an achievement for success. Like opportunities at that level for postseason should be achievements for success. Not reaching a benchmark of mediocrity. And so that's why I think for college basketball, keep it at sixty eight. We already have too many bowls as it is. I don't think we need to add more. Well, let's just improve the ones that we already have. Yeah. Um but um yeah. Let's just have some quality quality games. Good teams playing against other good teams. That's what people want to tune in to watch. Yeah. And I don't know if maybe there's some argument about having more of a focus and a reward for regular season versus a few days at a tournament. Yeah. And I, and I get that, and I think that there probably should be a little bit more recognition for what you accomplished on the entirety of your regular season versus – Getting hot for a few days, but as it stands, leave it at 68. We can maybe debate on how that 68 is determined, but it it doesn't need to be expanded.
2: Yeah, see, I'm in the camp of there shouldn't be conference tournaments. I understand why they're there, and I tolerate them because there is a magic. And I mean, Utah State basically got a bid in the NCAA tournament because they won. Or I don't know, it's debatable. I think it was the second year of Craig Smith. It was kind of debatable whether, they, whether they, they get in or not, but they won it. So they, of course, that was the COVID year. So they didn't play that year. Um, yeah. I'm, I generally just wish that you'd reward the regular season success. Just say, all right, you were the best team in the regular season. You get the bid. Cause then that there's teams that have a magical season, but because they have a crummy one day, that's it. Their magical season is over. They, and, and, it, and it ends before the Big that That's the key. Because, you know, the magic ends in the Big Dance for 67 teams. But you can live with that because you made it to the dance. Yeah. And so when you have a magical season that's pointed toward the Big Dance and it's cut before, I don't like that. So.
1: All right, more of your would-you-rather questions on a would-you-rather Wednesday. Uh, Jason got a chance to go up to watch Utah State women's basketball at Aggie Madness. Some of your observations of this Utah State women's basketball team. Utah Jazz are in action tonight, taking on the Houston Rockets once again. Uh, Love to continue to get your feedback on our full-court press text line as well. 435-339-0321.
3: Has inflation got you down? This is Zach with HSA Depot. Did you know you can save money by using your pre-tax income to buy qualifying medical supplies? Health savings and flex spending accounts can be used for more than just doctor visits and prescriptions. HSA Depot helps you conquer your health care by providing HSA and FSA eligible products, taking the guesswork out of the process. Come to HSA Depot next to Sally Beauty and see how much you can save. HSA Depot, five star review.
4: You've been putting up with a dirty, dusty wood stove for years. Why haven't you changed it? Go to Advanced Fireplace and Stove in Logan. Look through their showroom for ideas on quadrifier pellet and wood stoves and and heat-and-glow gas fireplaces. They have several demos in place so you can see firsthand how your project will look. And you can trust the pros at Advanced Fireplace and Stove. They'll do the job right. Advanced Fireplace and Stove. 7527272 online at advancedfireplaceandstove.com Do you have a broken appliance? Save money and repair your appliance with Daryl's today. Maybe you'll decide you need to purchase new. If so, you can apply up to $95 of your service call toward an appliance purchase. We reduce the risk when you choose Daryl's. It's a unique deal, only we can offer you. See our store for details. Daryl's Appliance Service & Sales West on Airport Road, open until 6pm on weekdays, 5 on Saturday you can't beat fall in Utah, the weather is perfect for a getaway. Get out and drive a new Murdoch Hyundai with 1.9% for three years on Santa Fe, Kona, or Sonata. And every new Hyundai comes with America's best warranty, a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty, and owner's assurance. When you walk through our doors, you feel like family. At Murdoch Hyundai, in Logan, Lyndon, and Murray, or online at murdochhyundai.com.
3: Call 866-628-365. For dealer for complete details. Offer expires 11 1,
4: my name is Chris Hammond. My wife really appreciates a clean home, especially with three kids and two dogs. So, when it comes to our carpets being cleaned, I always go to Daryl from ChemDry of Northern Utah. His team is quick, on time, and precise. They do a great job of making sure our home and our carpets are clean. Thank you, ChemDry of Northern Utah. Chem Dry of
2: Northern
0: Utah. Chem Dry of North- Join the show by calling 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker.
2: Welcome back, Full Court Press, Jason Walker, Eric Franson. I don't know if I introduced us at the beginning of the show.
1: If they I'm don't like, know who we are by now. Yeah, maybe.
2: But <laughs> somebody somebody a, tuned in for the first time and I, thought, who are these two weirdos? I want to know who they are before I switch the channel.
1: It <laughs> happens. You know, new people in the area all the time. It's possible. Uh, by the way, speaking of college basketball, we didn't mention this the other day. The coaches poll, top 25 coaches poll preseason for uh, men's basketball was released this week. San Diego State coming in at number 20. They were 19 in the AP. But um, several uh, two other teams getting some votes in the poll. Wyoming getting seven points in the poll and Boise State getting one point, which means one person out there had Boise State as the number 25 team on their ballot for the season. But uh, Wyoming and uh, Boise State getting some love outside of uh, San Diego State.
2: The coaches poll tends to be a little more favorable to the non-major conferences, non-Power Fives. I don't know if that's because coaches voting is kind of lazy and just scoreboard watching, or if they just don't have the same biases as, you know, media. Whatever it is, you tend to get a few of these, you know, yeah, a few people from Wyoming, probably two or three, put Wyoming somewhere in the 20s. Then obviously Boise State at 25. Right. Some random coach, whoever you are, is really confident about Boise State.
1: But uh, the top 10 in both polls, pretty similar. The really only major difference is uh, the coaches put UCLA at number seven, the AP writers put Duke at number seven. You just flip flop those two, and then everything else is the same. Um, For from one through ten, North Carolina, Gonzaga, Houston, one, two, three, uh, Kentucky, uh, all of those getting some variation of first place votes. North Carolina getting the most, obviously, Uh, followed by Kansas, Baylor, and then as we said, UCLA and Duke kind of flip flopped in both those coaches and AP polls. Then Creighton at number nine, Arkansas at number ten. So kind of similar in how these polls look, at least on the top part of it. Some variants as you get further down on a few things, but good to see the Mountain West getting some uh, preseason love.
2: Yeah, there seems to be at least some preseason love aside from San Diego State. Almost more as things go along because San Diego State was like the one heralded team, and there was some love for Wyoming, but Utah State, we talked about this yesterday, they're coming along, getting some hype from outside of Cache Valley of all places.
1: Yeah, Ken Pomeroy likes the Aggies. The Las Vegas odds makers like the Aggies as number three. Of course, the the Las Vegas odds really mirror Ken Pomeroy. So I don't yeah. know if that's kind of proof in the pudding of who they follow. But still, I mean, there's there's some some love outside of uh, the Mountain West for the Utah State Aggies.
2: I don't know if there's one thing I've learned from Mountain West awards voting and things like that is that it's stupid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you haven't pulled in any punches today. No. I think this is the third time you've called something stupid today. <laughs> <laughs> what was the first time? Uh, you talked about the expanding the tournament. Yeah, that was the first one. This is the second time. Oh, it was the th- uh, what was the other one? Maybe it was just two. Maybe <laughs> it was only the two times. Maybe it was what you said... What you were calling me as I came in late. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I hadn't gotten on air before you sat down. (laughs) That's true. Uh, 8968 on our full court press text line. Why don't the NCAA do like the Utah high school tournaments and just bring everyone?
2: You know, if there are only like 20 teams, (laughs) then maybe. (laughs) How about you just bring the whole top 25? Just do that.
1: That's it. Everybody who's uh, top 50 in the net, you get a first-round buy.
2: That's but what they- would happen if you doubled it. You'd give like a bunch of teams a first-round buy. And that really would be the week where just only a few people watch. I don't know. Well, yeah. it, it, you might still I mean, watch it because March Madness has become a cultural thing. You know, it's going to be on here in the workplace You know, while it's going on. Oh yes. Like, and and it's gonna be the case for. (laughs) And there will be food and drinks, and and, it'll be an all-day affair. Yeah, and and, I mean, it kind of makes sense for us because we have a sports department. But even then, people from the not sports department gonna be watching. People who haven't watched a college football, college basketball game all year, are gonna be sitting in the conference room while it's on or on one of the other TVs.
1: That that will fade in and out all day long.
2: Yeah, but then you know, there's a bunch of other places they're gonna have it on. Like when I was in school one of the teachers would put it on the the, <laughs> the, the projector and you and you'd watch college basketball. It's, I've it, had it's multiple a kids thing.
1: in their elementary classes. Like the teacher puts a great big bracket on the board and it's part of the class experience about picking brackets and following along. It's like it's yeah. it's definitely a cultural thing.
2: It it is like the Super Bowl in a way where it's become a it's it's an American festival.
1: Yes, it is an event.
2: Because I know the the World Series, I don't know if the World Series was, I don't know, because the Super Bowl didn't get this way until the last 20 or so years. And by then, Major League Baseball was starting to tail off a little bit.
1: Uh, Super Bowl's been a big event for, I'd say, close to 40 years, where that's like... It's only been going on for like 50. Yeah, I don't know. It's been going on maybe a little bit longer than that. It's, but it's, it, we're certainly, about to get like,
2: in the, Super Bowl 56 or something like
1: that. I would say certainly in the uh, uh, early to mid-80s, it really became a big cultural phenomenon.
2: Yeah, it's, that's, that's probably about right. I guess I wouldn't know. It wasn't around in the 80s. But <laughs> still, yeah, like the Super Bowl has become a cultural phenomenon. March Madness to where you're f- trying to fill out a bracket. And then Major League Baseball has a tradition, but it doesn't gather in the casual audience. And the NBA doesn't do this, NHL doesn't do this, and MLS they couldn't get casual fans if they wanted them. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's why these two events, March Madness and the Super Bowl, just two very unique things. They compare in a much more scaled-down way. Again, to the World Cup. Again, we're talking about a giant, worldwide scale. Basically, a worldwide March Madness, what the World Cup is.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, that is the biggest sporting event in the world
2: it's like the only world festival i guess i guess the olympics if two world festivals world cup and the olympics that's pretty much it
1: (laughs) uh 9315 who's the two new guys on the show aj and aj glad you cleared that up (laughs) (laughs) i can't
2: tell you how many times i've thought of just calling you aj franson or (laughs) aj salvis because i because you know i used to listen to the show it was always you know eric franson aj salvis the second name that's always said is always AJ. And so I keep wanting to call you AJ. I got my own name down pretty well.
1: <laughs> that would be that would be a low point in my broadcasting career.
2: <laughs> it be just be called Ajay Self. We love you, Ajay.
1: <laughs> okay, I got another would you rather question. It's kind of related. So circling back to Utah State men's basketball. Uh, Would you rather, and we've been talking about the non-conference schedule, and I was actually thinking about this earlier today before I even saw this tweet that came through, talking about Utah State and its non-conference schedule and and where they rank. But would you rather have a non-conference schedule kind of similar to what we have this year for USU, where a lot of home games, maybe not really any high-profile opponents, but opportunities to get your your team gaining some momentum, learning, winning basketball before you get into conference play? Or, or would you rather face uh, or have an, a non-conference schedule that puts you up against a high-profile team after high-profile team and it's going to be tough to get some wins in those games? So would you rather find ways to get wins or would you rather play big-named opponents that you're likely to lose. You can of- only have one or the other. I'm not going to give you the <laughs> chance to blend it somehow. You can only choose one or the other. Um,
2: it's a lot more fun to cover. At least you know from a sports writer's perspective, it's a lot more fun to cover the weaker schedule, because covering wins and you're, you know there's a lot of at least for me there's a lot of fun stats and there's guys performing at their best and they look really good. I don't know if that's better for the team. If I'm looking at, like, what are, what's better for the team? I'd probably think you were more of a tougher schedule. We see this in, you know, the, the high school uh, coaches. They always want to be scheduling tougher opponents, even though a lot of times they'll get their teeth kicked in by them. But they want to play tougher opponents. There's so, so there's something to that that even though you lost, you know, you're playing tough opponents and you're getting better. So, I mean... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a, a different way out where I'm going to say from a sports writer's perspective, and maybe I'll have this as my official one, I'd prefer the weaker schedule. But if you're looking at team success, you want to play the tougher schedule.
1: See, Because the, the Stu Moral model was, I want to play teams that uh, will help my team come together, get some wins, get some momentum going into conference play. And that drove all of us crazy. Like, Stu, you've got a good team. Let's see what they can do. And it would always come back to bite them in March. Like, well, your resume is not strong enough. So if you don't win those few days in in your tournament, then you're not going to the NCAAs. And so it was always kind of like, well, you need to test yourself against good teams. But then if you do that, you can run the risk of, Starting to get some dysfunction, some frustration, and we're not achieving our goals, and we we have to win a certain amount of games to be considered or even get there. And so there's that risk that you take uh, playing against tougher opponents. Uh, to answer my question on the would-you-rather scale, I, I would rather put your team up against tougher opponents. And it it's opportunities for more high-profile upsets if you get it. But even if you don't, like it's going to test your team and open your eyes as to what your warts are and what you still need to work on. Because if you're beating softer teams, you might not really know where your weak spots are quite as well as if you're facing a a really uh, more established team on the regular. So there's great risk. At uh playing against tougher opponents or more high profile opponents in the non conference, but I think it's a, a a worthwhile risk to be taking
2: Yes, that's why I said for team success, you want to play tougher opponents. I mean, you mentioned the possibility of dysfunction, you know losing you know causes problems, but I think that's where good coaching and good culture come in. If you have both of those, you'll be fine you know you'll be able to overcome those and because the good coaching will also play into. You find those mistakes and you fix them and you actually get better. As opposed to playing momentum where if you have the momentum from a weaker schedule it comes crashing down once you hit adversity because you've never faced it.
1: Good point too. Uh, 6133 with the, with the text. With this team that hasn't played a lot of games together I'd rather the easy schedule where they can learn to play together.
2: The thing is there's a lot of guys a lot of these guys have played together though. There's only like Two newcomers to the rotation? You know, a rotation of like nine players?
1: These guys have played together. It's true. The the, the the core of this team has been together. This isn't like Utah, the women's team, where they've... Yeah, women's team. They've played <laughs> zero games team, together. <laughs> vastly different story. But you're right. I mean, Taylor Funk, Dan Akin, other than that, I mean, the core of this roster has been here. Uh, six, five, four, three. The problem over this two years is that they never played that many good teams before the tournament, hence no success in the NCAA. And that's a good point too. Like, even if you play well enough and, and you win enough games and you get to the tournament, the first time you face a, a real legitimate opponent is in the tournament. That's we saw that play uh, many, many different times on the Utah State stage where they were a little bit stunned. They didn't quite know how to play. They, they competed well. I don't say that they were totally gobsmacked, but um, it, they weren't as familiar with how to compete against that level of, of uh, competition, athleticism, and it, uh, eventually you know, it, it, they just couldn't get over the hump except for that one time early in Stu's career. Yeah. All
2: right, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, we'll be back. We'll talk a little bit about women's basketball. Now uh, they had the Aggie Madness. Last night, have some observations for you there. Uh, I was able to attend the event, so we'll talk about that after this.
1: Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor. We love the Cache Valley. Thank you for all of your support since we opened in February. Every one of our rigs is built for your adventure. We invite you to stop by at 615 North Main when thinking about a new rig. At Mountain West Motor, we have Ford Broncos, Ram TRXs, but also keep in mind we have great price point rigs starting at 20k. Check our website for current inventory and pricing at mwmotor.com. And for news and events, follow us on Instagram at mwmotor.co. Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure.
4: What's more important than sleep? Granted, some things are, but not many. This is Ryan at My Mattress, and here we offer the best solution to better sleep, a better mattress. IntelliBed, the gel mattress cradles your hips and shoulders while providing the best back support possible. Or come in and choose a Tempur-Pedic that boasts 93% of their owners love their bed. My Mattress, offering the best sleep possible by the South Walmart. Don't get caught without power after a windstorm or a major winter freeze. Golden Spike Electric offers Generac backup generators, so you can be prepared and keep your home warm while avoiding frozen pipes. Golden Spike Electric is one of the largest Generac dealers around, so you know it'll be installed right. Whether you're a homeowner or an electrician, contact Golden Spike Electric to rest easy the next time the power goes out. Online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. They also service other models. Saturday on Compass Media Network's coverage of NCAA football. Big Ten powerhouses collide as the second-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes take on the 13th-ranked Penn State Nittany Lions. Hi, it's Greg Daniels. Join Tiki, Barber, and me for all the action as C.J. Stroud and the Buckeyes face a tough road test against Sean Clifford and the Nittany Lions. It's number two, Ohio State, and number
3: 13, Penn State. If it's NCAA football, it's right here.
4: Saturday morning beginning at 9.30 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, and streaming at 106.9thefan.com. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers,
0: printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cash Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker.
2: Welcome back, Full Court Press, Jason Walker, Eric Franson. have to make sure I get that right. (laughs) haven't got it wrong yet. Make sure we're the right people in here. have Jason Walker and uh, somebody.
1: I can't tell you how many times I've had to check myself to make sure it's Jason Walker and not call you Jason Williams. (laughs) Because Jason Williams is right next door, and I'm usually looking at him at some point during the show. And I've known Jason Williams, frankly, longer than I've known you, and it's both Jason with a W. So if that slips out sometime, I apologize in advance.
2: Maybe it already has, and I just didn't know that. <laughs> <It's> it probably, <laughs> we it probably a lot. has. We called a lot of things in my life, most of them good, though. Um, so Utah State women's basketball, they had their Aggie Madness event, had uh, a lighthearted scrimmage. It was, about, it was like two four-minute periods, whatever you want to call them, a uh, little shoot-around event, some half-court shot prize things for the uh, – Crowd, you know, three different people attempted a half court shot, and they one of them came close. Hmm. There were, it was like a two two handed overhead. There's actually a picture of that shot on the uh, the uh, the galleries that were the, the the photo gallery that was posted online about Aggie Madness. We sent a oh, yeah, cash Daily. So, so there's a picture. There, there's a girl. She's throwing overhead that shot. Kind of it bricked off the back iron, which you know from half court, that's not a bad miss. The other two. They probably came closer to hitting somebody in the crowd than they went going, <laughs> going in. <laughs> they, they picked three people who didn't know how to shoot half-court shots. There's a way to do it.
1: That's, uh, yeah, part of, part of the science behind playing those games.
2: Yeah. because, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're picking people who have no clue. And they had, to, they all had them all sign like a waiver, too, but I'm sure there's a bunch of legalese about if you step over the line, you don't get the prize. Mm. But anyway, about actual basketball... Uh, long story short, there's really not much that can be <laughs> learned from this kind of event in terms of actual, you know, hard basketball analysis. Um, but really, the, the two takeaways that I had is that, one, you can kind of tell with the shooting, there's some good shooters on this team. They're taking them and making them. Um, and this team also has a lot of fun together. You know, you know when we were interviewing Kayla Ard yesterday, we had her on the show, and you can listen to that interview Uh, on her podcast feed at 1069thefan.com, you know, she gave a glowing review of the chemistry. The players after the Aggie Madness gave a glowing review of the chemistry. But I've I've listened to these interviews, done some of these interviews for the last three or four years, and guess what I heard every year? Chemistry is (laughs) good. But I have two eyes, and I have ears, and I Mm -hmm. took them to Aggie Madness. I usually don't leave them behind wherever I go. And my own eyes and ears confirmed, yeah, these players love playing together. Because you can see it. You know, when they're interacting with each other out there, just doing the layup lines or the layup drills, whatever they're calling these days. They like playing with each other. And you can tell that. You don't just have to rely on the always glowing reviews of, the, of you know, the PR department. Where they're always going to say good things. But I was actually able to confirm that with my own eyes. Yeah, these, guys, these girls like playing together. They clearly like it. So... Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it's a good it's a good uh, you know, observation. The one good observation I can make.
1: Yeah, that's good and you know certainly it's uh, going to be a challenging season for uh USU just with so many new players understanding their roles and and what kind of talent level is there we just don't know quite yet from the outside. Uh, and so their ability to maintain that uh through adversity that's that's big and that's big on coach Ard too and that's I thought it was really, you know, kind of uh vulnerable but uh, refreshing, just having her kind of admit, look, like, look, I'm trying to understand how to be a head coach. It's basically what she said without using those words, is that she's admitted, like she's made mistakes along the way, and she's trying to figure it out herself about what it means to be in charge of a basketball team, from recruiting to coaching decisions to in-game adjustments to discipline, all that stuff. It's not, it's not always easy. And uh, to to make that transition from being an assistant where you have your own little role that you played all of a sudden being in charge of it all. And Coach Art has admitted that she's had some challenges with that. And so this is uh, – I hope that she has the opportunity to grow with this fresh start because really that's what it is and that it starts to yield some uh, success for her and the Utah State women's basketball program.
2: All right, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about – Women's basketball team, then we'll wrap up the uh, first hour here on 106.9 The Fan.
0: This is Jarek with Jarek's Fine Jewelry. This October is our 14th year anniversary. So to celebrate, we want to treat you to an anniversary date. Make it a date night on us. Come engagement ring or anniversary ring shopping at Jarek's Fine Jewelry. We have thousands of designs to choose from, including the newest custom designs. With no strings attached and no purchase necessary, we will buy your dinner at Bloom Eatery. The entire month of October, come in ring shopping and Bloom is on us. Make date night special. Make it Jarek's. Crystal
4: Vision, the two-time gold medal winner in Best of Northern Utah, just got back from a Las Vegas buying show. They were able to see and buy the newest eyeglass frames, styles, and trends for 2023. Stop in today and check out what's new in the eyeglass frame world. Remember to take in your current prescription and let Crystal Vision fit you into a new look. Nobody has the style and fashion to choose from like Crystal Vision. On 14th North or online at crystalvision.com.
1: Hi, this is Tyler. Recently, my father passed away and White Pine provided the funeral services for our family. They were friendly, thoughtful, and attentive to every detail. You know, it isn't often that a loved one passes away, so it was very
4: important to my family that everything be handled just right. Because my dad was loved by so many people, we had a lot of family and friends that traveled from out of town. I really appreciate how White Pine Funeral Services made sure everyone was comfortable and that the focus was where it needed to be on my dad and my family. They really took care of us during this tender time. Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL. It's a Week 8 showdown in the NFC as the Dallas Cowboys host the Chicago Bears. Hi, this is Jerry Recco. Join Kevin Ray, Danny White, and myself for all the action
0: as Dak Prescott and the Cowboys go for back-to-back wins. But Justin Fields and the Bears look to play spoiler on the road. Who will come away with the victory? It's the Cowboys and the Bears. If it's the NFL, it's right here.
4: Sunday morning, beginning at 10.30 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
0: The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio. The Fan.
2: The new Valvoline Instant Oil change is cross from Angie's on Main Street in Logan. Valvoline Synthetic and Valvoline Max Life are the engine oil your vehicle loves. So... Talking about women's basketball. Just trying to finish up the hour. I know. You talked about chemistry and whatnot, and how it feels real. Finally, maybe we'll see. It. It could again be another. You know, they've have chemistry now. How will that be tested going forward? So that's certainly uh something to look for. Yeah. So, cause, and that's another you know conversation about this is you talk about having chemistry off the court. How much does that translate to on-the-court chemistry? Because there's the fact of, you know, liking each other. That's important. But, like, does that translate to being able to run, you know, pick and roll between a couple of players? You know, does it translate to being able to, you know, know where your teammates are at?
1: Trust that you do your role, they'll do theirs, and it comes together at the appropriate time and place to get the right play done.
2: Yeah. So you got to be able to have that, because you can like somebody, but then in your back of your mind think, oh, they're not very good. And then that can cause its own problems. Right. So it'll be interesting to see if that chemistry can really make a difference. I hope it does. It's never a bad thing to have your players like each other, though. It's it's I don't think it's ever been a bad thing. <laughs> no. Not that I'm aware of.
1: Uh, the, the other challenge, too, is just so many new players for Coach Arden or coaching staff trying to figure out – like, what, what does the rotation look like? Uh, what are the starters going to be? Who are they going to be? Because you don't have, like, designated people coming back, and it's, like, their time, and they're emerging. But at the same time, she's bringing in players who have had a lot of experience in other places, so they have opportunities to, to play those roles, but still trying to understand with so many new players, like, what do you really have? And that might take a few weeks and and maybe even a month for this Utah State women's basketball program to fine tune who they really are based on the rotations and who's gonna be a who may start a game but who might finish a game could be very different.
2: Yeah, I wonder how much lineup tinkering there will be these first few games and especially in the exhibition, whether you're trying to learn as much as possible in, you know, one forty minute span where you're trying to learn what lineups work, what lineups don't. You know, who should start, who should not. Because yeah, there's a lot of players, there's probably, I'd say, six to eight players who could have a starting role, but you only get five. So we'll talk about it more next hour here on 106.9 The Fan.
3: I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Coming into the NBA season, there were a lot of question marks surrounding Zion Williamson, his health, as well as his future. The fourth-year pro has all the tools to be great, but after sitting out last night's contest with an injury, the former Duke standout has now played just 88 out of a possible 230 games for the Pelicans. When you have talent like that, it'd be foolish to dismiss the 22-year-old and that he will be injury-prone the rest of his career. The Sixers had patience with Joel Embiid, and it certainly paid off the talent is evident when it comes to Zion big fast he can jump and has a fantastic feel for the game but after signing that max extension this offseason New Orleans has committed heavily to the young star he's got a great roster around him the question is his health as he moves forward it's a big risk but it's worth taking I'm Dan Patrick and this is above the noise